I'm Jordan Ferguson. And I'm Kate McKinnon. And you are listening to the Geek Down Podcast. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another fantastic episode of the Geek Down Podcast. This is a show where two friends sit in front of microphones and try to find the sweet spots where their fandoms intersect. My name is Jordan Ferguson. I am coming from a gray-ass Toronto, Ontario, Canada, and joining me on the other line, lounging adjacent the satellite branch from Scenic Hamilton, it's your girl, Caitlin McKinnon. All I can see is a continuation of a gray sky and the most broke trees you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> You Hamilton got some broke ass trees. They 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 don't have any leaves. <laughs> They're just like they barely have buds. They just they look broke and haggard. Do better, Hamilton foli- foliage. <laughs> Friends, this is episode, oh my god, two hundred and eighty of the Geek Down podcast, I believe. I'm not gonna check. I think it's two eighty. Yeah. If you would like to listen to any of our other 279 episodes, you just take yourself wherever you get your audio content, be it Spotify, SoundCloud, Google, Apple, or Stitcher. While you're there, if you like what you hear, give us a little rate review, follow or subscribe, push us up the algo, helps us make new friends out there on the internet. And when you do all those things, you'll never have to worry about missing a future episode because they're going to be brought to you. Weather's getting a little warmer, springtime coming, you want to be out and about a little more, you don't want to keep track manually of all your podcast subscriptions, my God! What? What? Yeah, no, that's too much. You don't have time for that. Thankfully, we have somebody who manages their time very efficiently, and that's your man's, Doctor Chauncey Frostilicus, the third Geek Down Internet Elf. He is riding through on the back of a rainbow mane alicorn named Philip, just dropping those episodes directly into your device. You don't have to do anything else. I mean, yeah, I it's it's springtime, right? I, people are starting to get busy. They can't they can't be sorting things. No, they can't be cataloging things. You they need someone to help them. It is spring cleaning time. You are out here purging. You're out here deciding what sparks joy. Hopefully, the geek down is one of them. But I mean, we don't want to add any extra labor to your day to day. So you know what? Just click follow, subscribe. Chauncey will just bring them on to you. If you would like to let us know how uh, what's sparking joy in your life, or what got any spring plans, for the time being at least, until Elon takes over, we're at twitter.com slash geekdownpod. Get above Twitter. That poison pill still keeping them at bay, but for the next, for a little while at least, we'll still be there. The only place the show lives on the social means. Uh, if you'd like to support this endeavor financially, so we can, I don't know. Maybe maybe get together again one day. Oh, Caitlin, you say crazy things, but if you'd like to support the show <laughs> financially, ko-fi.com slash geekdownpod, throw three bucks in the old tip jar, and maybe, yes, one day, Caitlin and I will, you know what, for folding tables and uh, a very long extension cord so we can do this uh, in the parking lot of my building, <laughs> where, the ventilation, uh, where the ventilation is better. The ventilation is better and, like... Maybe I'm not sick one week. Like, maybe. Because, y'all, you know how it be out there. Caitlin was like, I might have COVID. Can we delay recording for a bit till I take this rapid test? Girl, sure. <laughs> I do not have COVID. Just sure, so everyone knows. sure we can do that. 
She it's did. been it's it's been one of those weeks. <laughs> she did not have COVID. I did not have COVID earlier this week when you know three more people at my work went down with it. You know, just sometimes you just you know take it for do the old you know, do the old rappy test for uh, peace of mind. Yeah, uh, dropping like flies. Dropping, dropping like flies. Friends, like I said, it is very gray and cold in Toronto today, so that is why I am not heading out for Record Store Day. Also, I have no need for David Bowie, Lucy's, pressed up on color vinyl. Godspeed to all my people who were out there at 8 a.m. lined up in the cold. Shouts to y'all. You all have the sickness. They all have the sickness. Different versions of it. But even though I have no intention to buy anything, Caitlin, yeah, you always got to know. I got to know what's there. Because what if you miss something? What if I miss something? So catch it's me. It's like the most. It's the most extreme case of of what's it called? I no, don't, don't do this. I don't, I don't know what it's called. What's it it's, called? It's the, it's the thing where the, why why Facebook is bad, and it's when you've got FOMO. <laughs> My Facebook is bad. <laughs> it's the worst case of FOMO in the entire, like, that's what the sickness is. It's just like this really pinpointed FOMO. Yeah. So while I may not have lined up at 8 a.m. this morning at any of these stores, believe me, you will catch me at the uh, Estonian Club on Sunday. <laughs> this past Sunday, while you're listening to this, uh, for the return of the downtown Toronto record show. Flipping those bins with a wad of cash in my wallet might not spend a dollar of it, but I gotta know. You have to I know. Got to know. Because what if someone someone posts something on Instagram, and you're like, "Oh my god, my life is over." That that should have been me posting that on Instagram. I have things to uh, post on Instagram. You're also ill. Go see a doctor. Yeah. Well, friends, thank you for. Uh, hope you enjoyed your Easter. Did you do anything fun for your Easter, Kate? No. As I said that, you know what I just re- you know what I just remembered though. You said what? you didn't do anything for for Easter. I mean, I got to spend some time with someone cute, but Easter reminded me I did not put all my groceries away this week, and I definitely have a bag of discounted mini eggs. Ooh, still sitting, still sitting in the groceries I have yet to put away. So good for me, past Jordan. You really crushed it on that one. Um. Yeah, Easter was, I had a long weekend off and got to spend the bulk of it with someone cute, which is always, always enjoyable. Oh, Caitlin. Yeah. My across the way neighbor is shooing pigeons off of his balcony again. Oh my God. Friends, I don't know. I don't know if this has been purely an off mic phenomenon. (laughs) Caitlin and I enjoy between (laughs) breaks of recording, but uh, the apartment building across from uh, the building I live in, just picture like Carl from Aqua Teen Hunger Force coming out and like yelling at pigeons and children. I know that you wouldn't do that because I'm right here and I will kill you and make it look like an accident. Yeah. He hates pigeons on his balcony so much. Um, so, so much. He literally just comes out, swings a broom handle and then goes back inside. So maybe that'll, maybe we'll do, maybe we'll do pigeon count 2022. Maybe that'll be a thing this year. I can't help it. It's what I'm looking directly at out my window. Um, and occasionally, yeah, the yelling is, is a good touch as well with him. It keeps it entertaining. You never know what's going to come out of he the doesn't, He doesn't yell. He doesn't yell a lot. There's a lot of like just, you know, stifled like rage. <laughs> <laughs> He's so angry, but he doesn't do anything with it. He just swings that broom handle. You got to focus that anger. You got to channel it. Uh, hashtag Parkdale life. Um, <laughs> so um, when I said I didn't do anything 
like exciting for Easter. I just meant like I saw family, which was nice because <laughs> I haven't seen them in a long time. Mm-hmm. But other than that, there was nothing super eventful that happened. Well, friends, thank you for, you know, <laughs> allowing us. I don't know if you're not our boss, but thanks for thanks for uh, not giving us any shit about taking a week off. We hope you enjoyed uh, your holiday weekend as well. And because we tried something new this week and it's probably going to be a beefier back half of the episode. Mm-hmm. Beefy boys only. I don't know. We've never tried this before, so we'll, we'll see how it goes when we get there. We are going to attempt to keep it lightish slash tightish um, in the front half, just so if we do <laughs> balloon out in the uh, in the back half, which we- is which I think is is a good call. Though before we start, I just need to say that maybe that will be my like, is it moniker? It's not epitaph, but like Caitlin McKinnon, beefy boys only. <laughs> It's definitely your Twitter bio. Oh yeah, that's good. Definitely, yeah, like definitely that. change the Twitter bio. Fuck it, I'm gonna put it on the show page. Kick down podcast. Beefy boys only. Beefy boys only. Uh, we have a good time here. Every, everybody can be a beefy boy. Listen, yeah. we don't we don't discriminate. There's no gender discrimination here. Like everybody can be. Everybody can ID as a beefy boy if you feel mm-hmm. it in your heart. To that end, uh, and because the news stories we found are kind of highfalutin, a little more business edge than we like, we're going to talk about them a little casually, one of which being an update to something I think we talked about in the last episode, if not the one before, which is the uh, progressing Cold War between the state of Florida and the Disney Corporation. (laughs) Yes, yes. So uh, this is coming via the Mary Sue, but it's been reported many places where in a clear sign of... uh, retaliation towards the Disney court by the uh, Republican governor of Florida regarding their Disney's criticism of what is known as the don't say gay bill. Um, there was a bill pushed in the state Senate to um, end the special tax status that Disney has in the state. Um, mm-hmm. So this all it needs has not been signed by Governor Ron DeSantis yet, but it was his idea, so it's yeah, it's a wrap. Um, so again, a brief explainer, courtesy of the Mary Sue. So Disney operates its own special tax district, essentially in its own mini government operating within an area called the Reedy Creek Improvement District. This setup benefits Disney enormously. Also means that it is Disney itself, not the residents of the counties that technically house the parks, that pays for things like emergency services, infrastructure, water, and sewage treatment. So, something goes wrong within the Disney-held lands, Disney takes care of it. Right. Um, The move is likely to cost Floridians over $1 billion in municipal debt. So, what we have here is punishing taxpayers to throw a hissy fit at a corporation. The Mary Sue links to a thread by a Florida journalist on Twitter, breaking down some of the implications of this move. Um, Orlando reporter Nick Papantonis says in the thread, quote, the biggest loss for Disney is the end of that control. It is a lot easier to ask yourself for permission than to go to the county. While they already follow all the laws and building codes and they'll still get everything they want, it's going to slow the process down. Potholes might develop on roads that they no longer pave themselves. They can't just call a meeting or alter their comprehensive plan on a random Friday. They also can't quickly finance new public projects like a fire station. 
So all the things that went into like supporting these, you know, behemoth, they're essentially cities unto themselves, right? Yes. So you're basically the biggest implication is that this tax status kind of allowed Disney to operate under its own auspices, right? Like now it has to go through all of the like municipal bureaucracy that anyone else would. And um, we all know that it's a trap. <laughs> municipal bureaucracy is a trap. Uh, Papantonis also explained, and apologies if I am pronouncing what I assume is your Greek name very incorrectly. I assume I am. Um, quote, the bigger issue for everyone else is the tax revenue. Disney already pays the same local property taxes as every other landowner. Reedy Creek added its own tax on top of that to pay for its projects. That tax, $163 million per year, is illegal outside of the district. The surrounding counties, Orange and Osceola, will now be responsible for Disney services as well as its debt. Uh, quote, they can't raise sales tax or impact fees, so the counties will have to raise property taxes. They must tax every property equally, not just Disney, and therefore it's expected that property taxes in Orange County will rise as much as 25% next June. Oh, 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 that's very new new homeowner, recent homeowner, Caitlin McKinnon. Oh, God. Oh, God. (laughs) Just had a streak of white go through her hair. Had that notion. That is, that was like a lightning bolt to my soul. (laughs) That is, that is bad. Uh, said Said a Democratic state rep. Quote, people are definitely worried. This is going to be a major disruptor in our community, and nobody has had the chance to figure out exactly what it looks like. Everything about this reflects the fact that we have a governor who is a bully and punishes those who oppose him. <sighs> another another fine day at the end of history, y'all. Um, <laughs> so that's, that's the one that, I mean, developing, hashtag developing, I guess. We'll see where that goes. I feel like this is what happens when you have despots. <laughs> um, and you really need, we really need to, like you said, we really need to, you know, overturn them, eat the rich. Well, it's all. Stop this from happening. It's funny. One of the, one of the criticism, not criticisms, I don't know where I read it, but they were talking. And again, I'm going too far deep into American politics and the perception of it. The notion is that, even when Democrats accomplish stuff, it's lost in the bread and circuses of just the present day Republican Party. Right? Like, I don't know. I don't remember what the last thing was, but like, you know, Biden's whole infrastructure plan, like it's getting past stuff is happening, but it's the boring stuff that needs to like, you know, just keep yeah. things happening. That yeah. just greases the wheels of, you know, keeping that country running. When, you know, that's not going to get any play when it's the constant parade of buffoonery from the people across the aisle, you know? So six Semper Tyrannus y'all six Semper Tyrannus. Yeah. So that's business story. One, uh, business story two is about a, uh, topic that I feel like we just, we've always been talking about for years that being our friends over at Netflix, even though we probably use it less than we ever did regarding things that we consume in our day-to-day lives, um, which is probably why this headline makes sense. Um, Netflix projected that in the first quarter of this year, it would uh, add 2 million subscriptions. 
Mm-hmm. When in actuality, it lost two hundred thousand. Yeah. Um, and the stock is at least earlier in the week was in freefall and dropped twenty five percent. Um, as a result of uh, that disclosure, <laughs> none of this is great for the service. Um, as it tries to figure out how to recoup recover this loss yeah. from the public uh, relations disaster that is uh, officially cracking down on password sharing. Yeah, that is... Like, listen, it's officially <laughs> in violation of the terms and service, right? Like, it's in yeah. the fine print there yeah. that you cannot do this. Everybody does it. It's like when you, you know, pardon his grandpa, uh, you know, gives you a comparable example. It's when you bought a tape from Nirvana and then made a dub for your friend. Yes. You know, oh, yes. like uh-huh. yeah. technically you're not supposed to do it. Home, you know, home duplication is I, killing the music industry. That thing. Um, or when I, I used to like, you used to burn songs onto a, onto a disc. Like that was yeah. my version of mixtapes when I was in high school. Or you bust out the two VCRs and, you know, you copy, you know, you dub your copy of Aladdin for someone, you know, like. Yeah. Um, or you tape things off of television. Yeah. Or you tape things off of television. Or, you know, you had the movie network and you just built a library of movies based on shit you recorded off the movie network. Um, yeah. In an earnings call announcing the company's results, uh, this is, sorry, this article is coming from Vox. Uh, Co-CEO Reed Hastings said the company was going to eventually add an advertising-supported version of the service, boy oh boy, which would be cheaper than its current ad-free version. Hastings has insisted for years that Netflix didn't need to sell ads and that it was a better service because it didn't do that. Well, watch your stock take 25% hit and see how quickly that changes. Um, this is all just very interesting in as much as Netflix was the innovator. They were out the yep. gate first. They invented the game. They, I was going to say, they, they were the game changer. They, inv- they invented they, they invented this game, and when people didn't know what was up, Netflix was great in the, like, 2010s. And, it's like, sure, and, you, you and- want to pay us for this stuff that we just have, like, lying around? You want to pay us this ridiculous amount of money? And then sorry, Netflix starts to, like, show the office on this? Sure, go ahead. Yeah. We're still kicking up from DVD sales and syndication rights. And then suddenly it's like, oh, Netflix is worth a bajillion dollars. Well, let's just take that right back <laughs> and put it on our own thing. And I, I I like to think of, so Amazon has done this thing, and I don't know who came up with the concept or which department of Amazon, Amazon Video did it, but they do this, this trick on Amazon where you pay for Amazon Prime and you get this, the, the bundle, which of course is the shipping and the free shipping and the fast shipping, the prime shipping, and you also get their video service. But not only that, you can add channels in Amazon. Yes. So I'm paying for Amazon, and then I can add channels. It's not like I get them for free. They're extra money. But because I have channels in Amazon, I'm like, well, I'm not going to get rid of Amazon. Right. My stuff's there, right? Like, I'm like, well, my stuff's there. I don't want to get rid of that. This dresser, I don't want to get rid of that. But this nightstand, this Netflix nightstand... All it's doing is being a nightstand. 
I don't really like it that much a lot of the time. And that, I mean, that is, that is the interesting part, especially when you're talking about, say, Apple and Amazon, where for those, the streaming service is, you know, sprinkles. Yeah. It's not the reason you're there. I have a trial three month subscription to Apple Plus. I can check in anytime, cash in at any time because I bought a new iPhone. So, yeah. you know, I didn't buy a new iPhone so I could watch Severance. <laughs> you know, <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but now I can. Then maybe I will one day, you know, or Pachinko. I will definitely watch Pachinko at one point when it's all, yeah. when it's all out. Even, even I would actually probably get rid of Netflix before I even get rid of Crave. I would definitely Netflix would go Netflix would go before Crave for me too probably. Um, and because again Crave well Crave's done this thing like Disney Plus has where they have Disney Plus is more of like a perception of a lot but it's that multiple channel thing, right? So there's an interesting graph here uh on this Vox article. Well, I'll give you a little more context first. Um through the article. Um so even worse, Netflix expects to lose another 2 million subscribers. More context, the last time Netflix lost subscribers was 2011 after it bungled a move from DVD mailing and tried hiking prices at the same time. Since then, they've been on a tear. It got into streaming with Hollywood's mostly unwitting help long before Hollywood figured out streaming was going to be really big. Then Hollywood figured it out and launched a gazillion more streaming services, which brings us to now. And they have a graph here, which is apparently based on data from Nielsen, which is the share of total U.S. TV time. So it's from Nielsen. So it's all it's across all like terrestrial broadcasting and streaming. So apparently from May 2021 to February 2022, streaming as far as television consumption accounts for about 28.6% of the entire TV viewing time, right? Like 28% of your TV watching. Of, of people surveyed is happening on streaming. And of that 28%, Netflix still has the lead at 6.4%. Uh, YouTube is on its heels at 5.4%. I don't know what you count for that, though. Because you're not really watching shows on YouTube. You're watching, like, like does... I don't know. Does does the, the, the twelve minute you know video about a guy talking to me about multi usage multi plan zoning in Japan does that count as a TV show? I don't know. Or that that like the sixteenth SNL compilation video. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> forty five minutes of vines that cured my depression. I don't know if that counts yeah. as a television show per se, even though I watched it on my TV. This is an American. Um, this is using American data, so uh, Hulu is in there at 3%, Prime Video at 2.3%, Disney Plus at 1.7%, and then other streaming video on demand accounts for the remaining 9.5%, um, which could be, so that could be Peacock, that could be Paramount Plus, that could be Crunchyroll, that could be like a bajillion things. Um, it's just really interesting to watch this, like... You know, they were the kings. They were out front. They were the innovators. And then people who were already sitting on the money and the content and had the libraries, had the deeper bench of content, right? Started siphoning it all off again to other places. Yeah. Um, 
Vox goes on to say, when you look back, you can see some of this coming. A few years ago, Netflix started getting into video games, a sign that the company was worried its streaming video offering alone may not be enough to attract and retain customers. More recently, the company has started cracking down on password shares, something Netflix used to tolerate and even celebrate. But not even Netflix saw the bottom dropping out like this. The best case scenario is this one. Even with the quarter's loss and next quarter's loss, it'll have 219 million subscribers, way more than any of its competitors. And Netflix is no longer burning a gazillion dollars every year and asking Wall Street to lend it more. So it won't have problems financing new shows and movies to show its remaining customers. But if it really wants to find new subscribers and keep the ones it has, it will have to find shows they really, really like. And that's going to be harder than ever. We have seen this, you know, we have seen and commented on the um, growing global reach yeah. of Netflix. Netflix is, is very aggressive with global European and Asian markets, mm-hmm. um, much more than any of their competitors, which are very North American um, focused. Um, I'm sure there are smaller streamers in Europe and Asia as well. But yeah, the the, the crown falling off the king, that's always an interesting story to keep an eye on, but you're right. You're right. I don't think I definitely at this point, I mean, these things always ebb and flow depending on what's popping off. But I mean, I definitely am watching crave, which is the, you know, Canadian HBO max sort of, it's got other things that aren't on HBO max. The net's a little wider there, but that's the biggest appeal is the HBO max content. Um, and showtime as well. Like, I watch more Crave in a week currently. Yes. But that's because I'm watching, you know, spoilers for updates, you know, I'm watching Winning Time and Tokyo Vice and Tisa Samaro and, you know, John Oliver yeah. and stuff like that. And 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 HBO's always been really good at having good shows that have been talked about. Mm-hmm. And they they went back and they, I don't think they ever went to a binging model, did they? Um, like they've always gone week to week or at least. For the most part. For the most part, they do week yeah. to week, yeah. And that has proven to be, you know, we've talked about it. I mean, I know some people really like binging shows, but we, but really it's, it keeps things in, I hate to use the word zeitgeist, but, or in the conversation, <laughs> in the com- it keeps in the, them. In the disco, Kate, it's still in the disco. Yeah, in the disco. Uh, it keeps them in the disco longer. Um, well, like- I mean, I, I think that's why like Disney did it with their shows because they saw that it's sort of like, if you have a, a great bingeable series that's 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 cool but first it's gonna go like that right it's gonna be in in flash in the pan and then no one's gonna talk about it and then how many people are gonna rewatch it well, right like, we've talked about this before about new shows and like what is the level of rewatchability of movies and tvs these, tv th- these days well, and given that there's so much i mean what's going to merit a rewatch versus watching something else like you make a great and i you know we've talked about it before but i wasn't it wasn't occurring to me in the context of this story regarding the bingeability model like second season of russian dolls out yeah and i've watched about half of it already i'll talk about it more in updates but i mean i've watched about half of it already i'll probably watch it before the weekend's out by the time next week's podcasts do their like talk about russian doll i will literally be like oh right yeah that happened um but I'm still actively engaged in like winning time and Tokyo vice and the shows like that. And when the David Simon show mm-hmm. drops this weekend, you know, same thing because it's drawing out the conversation. And frankly, I just like the break. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and don't take for granted, like 
we're still in a pandemic, but we can do a lot more now than we could last year. Yeah. You know, so that changes stuff as well. Um, less inclined to binge or less inclined to want to binge when, you know, you're not stuck. You're not stuck in the house all day. So I don't know. Friends, hey, holler at us on the tweets. Let us know how your viewing habits have changed. They're still rocking with Netflix. Listen, I still got like 10 more episodes of Old Enough, so I'm not going anywhere. But <laughs> <laughs> but uh, let us know how your streaming habits have changed in recent months. Kate? Yes? What are you watching on your streaming habits? Okay, so I'm going to go through it pretty quickly because I want to you know, get to the second half. Beefy boys only. Beefy boys only. We said we were going to be relatively, try and be light and tight. Um, So I finished watching Minx. Yes, yes, yes. And was appropriately devastated by the (laughs) ending. Um, I did not have watching a limp hand job on my bingo card (laughs) for prestige TV viewing this year. So shouts to Minx for that. Yeah. Um... Uh, winning time has can like just continued to be fucking amazing. You're still rocking with it. Okay. That's interesting. Oh my God. So much so that I was like telling Chris about the episode. Cause he, he came in and, and I, it's something I watch and I was like giving him the rundown and telling him who people were and telling him like the history behind it. And he just sort of like smiled at me. I was like, what? <laughs> He's like, is this your Warhammer 40k? Like, I was like telling him facts about like like what happened to people in like the next in the 80s. <laughs> like, yeah. Anyways, well, so interesting. Allow me to jump in here and hat tips to someone cute who brought this to me. Um, adjacent news item. Did you see that uh, Jerry West has uh, lodged a complaint? <laughs> yes, formally. And- Regarding the uh, liberties the show takes with his character. So I said it from the get-go. I'm not taking this as, like, this is how these people are. Nor nor should you. Like... This is not a... It's a... It's a... It's a... A historical, (laughs) like, depiction. And this isn't about... Yes, it's about the rise of the Lakers, but it's a... It's a vehicle to tell... Stories. It's as accurate about that season of basketball as like 300 is about that, you know, Greek yes. whatever war. Like it's. Yes. It's, it, it's a really, really good analogy. And that's how you should take it. And literally one of the things I like about winning time is it's, it's not one big story. It's a group of stories mm-hmm. about people and it's using it as like fairy tales, right? Uh, you know, the, you know, the dangers of doing this or how someone reframes their religion when they feel like what the work they do is opposed to the beliefs they have. Mm. And like, it, that's what this, that's why it's so good. And it's not just one person's story. Like I said, it's all these little stories about people. Um, they focus, the last episode focused on um, Jason Segal, Jason Siegel, Jason Siegel's Paul Westhead character. Um, Who, again, I, you know, I, you don't want to start looking shit up with, with this show because you'll realize just how much they're doing. Um, yeah. Because I Googled that and it's like, it, Paul Westhead, like, was a hit from the jump. He was not yeah. as sniveling and unsure of himself as the character is presented here. Like, that, if you want to go real deep, that road trip, that series of games leading up to Boston, yeah, they played Boston and that was the score by the time it was done. But everything that came before it didn't happen. 
Yeah. He never had a losing yeah. streak that long. He was he was like like the team was successful immediately. Um Yeah. But they're really toying it, with the idea that he's not that he's really struggling being the like, you know, the better better a noble prince than a hapless king, you know, that type of thing. Like he's just he sees himself as a, as a support player and can't but then you get, but then this is, and then there's the catharsis. And I'd like to call the catharsis, fuck Boston, which has become my <laughs> mantra. Fuck Boston. Fuck Boston. <laughs> Anyways, so I am just like, I adore this show so much. I would talk endlessly about it, but I'm going to move on. Um, something I became hooked. I, I hadn't heard about it until a friend from work suggested it. And I watched the first episode and I was like, oh, okay, like... All right, I'll give it another like another episode because they're the episodes are pretty short. And then I watched the second episode, and then I watched the third episode, and then all of a sudden I'm watching the first season of the or the first episode of the second season. Like it, <laughs> I just got hooked, mm. and that show is Upload. Upload. Um, yes, and it was created by Greg Daniels. Um, and oh, this he was did- an, this was an Amazon show, right? Yes, he did Parks and Recreation, King of the Hill. That's what he's known for. Um, yeah, and he's anyway. So uh, he also like he known for the like the, the American version of The Office. Like, there's just a, he's worked on a ton of stuff, and you get it's 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 not as good as The Good Place, but it has mm. the same kind of like weirdness, and but there's this underlying there's like a darkness to it as well that i really appreciate and i there are moments where i have literally been crying and then have laughed out loud like because something was so funny and i i don't do that a lot especially the crying and laughing thing (laughs) like it caught me off guard with something where i was literally tears were pouring down my face and then it did something and i howled um and yeah, and and the second season's been okay. It's a, it seems a little more predictable than the first season, um, but yeah, it's it's just an easy watch. It's fun, and I like the characters, and it's been a good time so far. So I'm in uh, sort of the beginning of the second season. I cannot believe how quickly I got through this show. Um, so yes, thank you to Heather for suggesting that. Um, I've continued with Moon Knight. Uh, watch the fourth episode. So far, the fourth episode's been my favorite. That was the, um, the last, you know, 15 minutes of the fourth episode was like, okay, finally. You're doing, yeah, some, you're think, doing something interesting. Like, I don't even think the last 15 minutes, like the whole episode, because as of the audience, our fans may or may not know, I kind of love the mummy. <laughs> <laughs> and and one of my qualms with oh my God. with movies and TV shows like The Mummy or like Relic Hunter is that they don't actually use and I say this I've said this so many times while we've been doing this podcast sometimes history and real mythology is just better than what people actually write um like I just I just like that they're actually including real Egyptian mythology um, because it's just so weird and messed up and and fun. Um, And I love the, I, I am on board with like that, the weird uh, segment of the populace. That's like, Steven is hotter than Mark. (laughs) Well, yeah. 
um hey a lot of people are like well like you know mark's so confident and blah 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 but but steven's an adorable nerd um what's not to like um beefy boy right there um beefy in his heart (laughs) um and anyway so it was so much fun and i really enjoyed fourth episode um and I'm looking, I'm actually legitimately looking, whereas before I was not begrudgingly watching it, but like watching it because it was entertaining, but it wasn't my favorite thing. I'm actually looking forward to the fifth episode. Um, and I will watch it the night it comes out. Um, I finished up Santa 10. I really wanted it to be better. Oh, <laughs> I also thought a favorite character of mine from first season was coming back and they did not. And I am very upset um so fingers crossed for season three um continuing the expanse rewatch we are in the second season it is almost more addictive the second time around than the first time um and yeah that is that is the roundup huh well uh, so we talked about moon Knight. we talked about winning time um like i said russian doll is back i watched about half the new season this was the Natasha Leone show from uh, three years ago, I think. Um, we did talk about it on the show, I feel like. Um, which the first season... Yeah, we did. The first season was um, where she wasn't exactly Groundhog Day, but every time she died, she reset to her birthday party. Um, yes. And trying to figure out why that happened. The second season has mild spoilies, has a uh, sort of a time travel element to it. Um, and I think it does, you know, if you're like, how would you do a second season of Russian doll? It's doing, it picked the right lane, I guess, um, for a, you know, conceit, but I will say this might ruffle some feathers. Natasha Leone is a lot for me. (laughs) I need to take breaks from Natasha Leone and her Natasha Leone-ness. Um, and this version of the character where she's kind of shitty, but also kind of charming, or at least she thinks she is and just talks relentlessly, (laughs) relentlessly. It's a weird criticism for someone who has a podcast, but I get that, (laughs) but I'm just like, okay, you just gotta let me sit with everything that's happening. Oh, he came out and yelled at the pigeons, yo. Oh, mark your calendar. He swiped, he swiped at it and back inside, shut the door. (laughs) Um, I just, you know, with a show that it, I will say it's doing, it's playing with some very like intense things about like generational trauma, shall we say. Right. And there have been moments where there were a couple moments in there where her performance, when she drops that, then, you know, the, the relentless talking and stuff like that. And she's actually like processing because that's the character right she just doesn't process anything around her really right keep it light keep everything moving you know blah blah blah. hey loosey-goosey you know um so when the stuff actually like affects her her performance is very moving and that's what keeps me coming to it but it's not a binger for me (laughs) i watched the first few episodes maybe i gotta dole them out with a little uh you know slower at a slower pace I was going to say, maybe maybe that's the just proof of in the pudding, really, of, like, maybe certain shows should be weak to be maybe. weak, right? I'd probably be, yeah, I'd probably be way more interested. Not, not that I'm not interested. I'm not, I'm not not enjoying the show. But I do feel like, ooh, 
I got to back away from this. It's actively making me keep it at arm's length when I watch too much of it. You know, it's just too much for me to watch. So it should be spaced out like that. Um, Tokyo Vice remains <laughs> the longest show I watch every week. <laughs> and the longest show someone keep watching. They're dropping them two at once every week, apparently. She just let me know someone cute before we recorded. Let me know episode six and seven were up. And it's already <laughs> been letting me know at the halfway mark. It's been the longest 32 minutes <laughs> of her week. It's not a bad show. It's just really long and dense. Mm. Um, I want to shout out a game. Okay. This game has been out for a while, but I didn't have an iOS device, so I didn't know it existed. It is called What the Golf. <laughs> it okay. is ostensibly a golf game <laughs> ostensibly where basically you know you pull back the arrow extends to show where your shot is and then ping you ping you, whatever it is however the game is completely absurdist and sometimes you may flick the golf ball sometimes you may flick your golf club sometimes you may flick the golfer sometimes you may flick a soccer ball sometimes you may flick um a bunch of golf clubs. Sometimes you may flick the arrow that you're pulling back on. Sometimes you may flick a oh horse. God. Sometimes you may flick a soccer net. Um, <laughs> it changes it up on you so often that they're just quick. Li- they're like WarioWare games, right? Like every level has three stages, but it's not even like the first level might be like you're just shooting an arrow over a dummy at a target. Okay, that's that's the first. You're trying to like get crowns so you play them three times basically but it's not like the same thing every time it's just the same motif so if the first one the golf mechanic is like instead of flinging a golf ball you're shooting an arrow over a dummy at a target the second time right. when you pull back and you let go the archer goes flying over the air the bow and arrow drops on the ground and he flies off and smacks the target um God, amazing and when they do those things to surprise you those are the best moments and <laughs> It always, like, whenever you hit the pin or whatever you're supposed to get to, it just, like, concludes with, like, a caption. <laughs> I think the best one I had was, it was, <laughs> it's a, it's the, it's the, you know, Olympic-themed level, and <laughs> it's a guy holding a torch. And it looks, the art style is very Katamari Damachi. The physics are very, like, scribble knots. <laughs> right. Okay, yes. So, everybody kind of moves, like jangly and like doesn't jump as high as they should or balance as well as they should and like you're flinging this guy with a torch towards the bin and he just kind of slumps over (laughs) ragdoll style and the torch hits the bin the thing lights up and it just says sports Sports. as a a polite golf clap (laughs) as opposed to it's so stupid and i'm very late to it it's out on switch now like it's it's i have not laughed this hard at a game Oh for God, just amazing. the absurdness of it. And Caitlin, the last thing I want to talk about. Yeah. On Easter weekend, Caitlin. Yeah. I saw a movie. <gasps> What'd you see? In a theater. I saw everything everywhere all at once. <gasps> so lucky. Caitlin. Yeah. Just fucking go. <laughs> find okay, it. I'll go. Everywhere. I will get COVID. Find it. <laughs> For this movie. You already think you have it. Just get it for real and go, go see this movie. <laughs> Y'all, this is the, uh, we talked about this movie when the trailer dropped out and we were like, is this going to be our favorite movie of the year? The answer is yes. Um, Amazing. It, it is essentially, as, as apparent from the trailer, it serves Michelle Yeoh um, and Kiki Kwan. 
who was uh, short round in Temple of Doom and Data from the Goonies, and then didn't act Amazing. for like thirty years. <laughs> oh, I was wondering literally the other day what happened to him. He's in this I'm movie. So, excited. so if you need another excited. reason to see it, this movie brought him back to acting. Oh, he saw he saw crazy. Beautiful. He had worked. I read a big, huge like new. Uh, New York Magazine like profile on him because I didn't realize it was him either. Um, he was kind of like disillusioned by the roles he was getting offered. He moved into the production side, like behind the camera type stuff. Was still in the industry, was still working, um, yeah. but just on the uh, on the production side. Crazy Rich Asians comes out. He's like, oh my god, our stories can be successful and you know can get made and be successful. That's incredible. And then the script for this movie uh, gets sent to him, and he's like, I must be in this. And he got it, and he plays Michelle Yeoh's uh, husband. In the movie, um, it's essentially a multiverse type of movie. Swatting at the pigeons. That's twice. Um, That's that's, that's three three times on the episode, yeah. Um, I I want a counter to drop down. I want a counter to drop down. There will be a ding. You will know. It won't be it won't be a ding. There will be a pigeon noise every time. Redemption oh, comes up. A coo, a pigeon coo, pigeon and coo. then and then after at the, um, I'm, I'm gonna say at the end of this year we're gonna tell, we're gonna ask how many pigeons <laughs> did the man swipe at, and there'll be a prize. It'll be a surprise for everyone. Um, yeah, where it's it's apparent in the trailer that this is a multiverse thing where Michelle the Michelle Yo you see at like the IRS can access all of her alternate selves and their abilities. Um, it is, it should be this generation's matrix. It's that mind bendy, but I think what, why it won't be and why I'm kind of delighted that it won't be is it is not afraid to be goofy. It is a goofy, it it is a goofy ass movie sometimes. Um, I like when things get goofy. I like when things get weird. Yeah. It's not afraid to be dumb. It's, heartbreaking and amazing and just yeah it's it's weird for a guy who sees like five movies in a theater if that to be like this is my movie of the year it's it was incredible and it is an utter love letter to michelle yo and she deserves it you deserve it um so yeah that's what i got into so friends we're gonna we're gonna take a break right here we're gonna steal ourselves Mm-hmm. When we come back, we're going to get into the first ever Geek Down Podcast anime preview, spring 2022. And we'll see how that goes when we come back from this break. Welcome back to the show. This is the half of the show where we talk about the things we have brought each other. As Jordan said, this is our first time doing an anime preview. Uh, If you don't know what an anime preview is, it's basically where you talk about a handful of selections for the upcoming anime season. Um, And Jordan, because of his knowledge much more knowledge than I have of anime and what's going on these days. Um, he brought us the the uh, different things we are watching 
today, or we watched for today. Yeah, so it should be fair to say. When you talk about an anime preview, a lot of times these are like whoever, whether it's a website or a podcast or whatever, watched everything. Ma'am, no. (laughs) No. We have not watched everything that has come out this season. I tried, there is a cheat in here at one point because there are a lot of like, you know, second, third seasons or whatever that I wasn't going to get into. And there's also trash. So, I mean, you know, Skeleton Knight in Another World is a show that came out this year. About right. one of these dumb isekai shows about a guy who gets, uh, you know, trapped in the body of a skeleton knight and wanders the countryside. What a charming conceit. It opened with a scene of sexual assault. No. No. We are not watching no, no. that. So this is a curated selection of some of the show's mostly new premieres that are out for the September 20- September. That are out for the spring 2022 uh, anime season um, that I thought <laughs> curated. It's not everything. It's the ones that I thought I enjoyed the best. So, I mean, if yeah. Caitlin thinks some of these are trash, I would just ask her to consider the ones I did not bring to her. <laughs> <laughs> so the, rule, the also, rules don't really apply. I was going to say, so, and, and that was the next thing. So the rules don't really apply here. However... We have stuck to the second rule, which is we do not speak about these things before we are in front of these microphones. And the third rule, which isn't really a rule, it's a policy, definitely applies, which is there will be spoilers. Um, But we did not stick to the three-episode rule. Um, There was just a lot. And for most of these Um, shows, there are not three episodes yet. So So we're really going on on the strength of the premise and just how they look. So so we're going to... See how this goes. It was actually very, very interesting. And because I watched everything pretty close together, um, I got to sort of like weigh them against each other, if that makes any sense. So the reason why I wanted to do it, um, why it seemed compelling to me this time was because there are some heavy hitters this season. um, Some of which are returning shows and and a very notable new debut, which I've already talked about on the show in previous episodes, but... Uh, I'm going to save that one for the end. And there were some shows that I was frankly surprised by. So what I'm going to start with, uh, I'm just going to kind of dictate the order we're going in and I'm going to try, we are going to try to keep this relatively brief um, because there are five of them to get through. We, we limited it to five. Um, and I tried to pick ones from kind of across genres, probably more slice of life in here than I intended. But, like I said, we weren't watching Skeleton Knight. Um, so the first one uh, we're going to talk about today is kind of a, it's a cheat, because this is a retur- show that's returning this season, April 27th. The second season starts, and it's a show that I know Caitlin had some affection for, just from clips she had seen when she came over um, and saw me watching it. And that is Komi-san wa Komusho Des, or Komi Can't Communicate. This is on Netflix. Um, like I said, second season starts on April 27th and the premise is not unlike a show we talked about before called Hitorobochi something, something, something. Um, the premise is on the first day attending the elite Eton private high school, Shokukomi immediately receives an overwhelming surge in popularity due to the unprecedented stoic beauty and refined elegance her classmates perceive her to possess. However, only Hitohito Tadano, an exceedingly average schoolboy who sits next to her, discovers that behind her bishoujo appearance, Komi has a severe communication disorder. Subsequently, Tadano resolves to help Komi reach her goal of making 100 friends. This is just a 
ridiculous slice of life show um, about a girl who wants to make friends um, and generally is somewhat off-putting to people, not off-putting, but intimidating to people because of uh, her exceptional beauty. Um, I need to say something. Hmm. First of all, not, not like slightly people are terrified of her <laughs> and it is not just her beauty. It is her amazing resting bitch face, which she has no control over. Right. Um, and, and it, I rewatched the first episode for, for, uh, for this discussion and was, uh, Somewhat disappointed that the conceit of having her uh, move through the school occasionally like Sadako from The Ring <laughs> or like a J-horror uh, villain is not really explored in this episode <laughs> where she's like wants to talk to somebody and is like lurking behind a, a corner and freaking the shit out of people. Um, yeah, so this is just our first set of episode set up to uh, establish the pairing of Komi and Tadano and... While also noting that this school is filled with a bunch of weirdos and lunatics. Um, oh my god, I, I'm sorry. I love that part so much. <laughs> all of which who kind of come into play in future episodes and everybody kind of gets a little spotlight episode exploring their relationship uh, to Comey and each other. But um, yeah, you had already seen uh, parts of this show. You're not huge on Slice of Life generally because it doesn't really have a point. It's just, uh, you know, chill hangs. But... Uh, how do how did you enjoy this one? Well, after the third episode, yeah, <laughs> and me being like, yeah, me being so tired, and that is the only reason why I didn't watch a fourth episode. <laughs> it was real good. So, sometimes the binge model works, y'all. Um, I I didn't expect to enjoy it as much as I did. Um, especially when they present her as being like, oh, this amazing beauty, but they just, they play it so much for laughs that you can't help. But just She doesn't, just, she doesn't do anything to no, encourage this. It's all other people's she, perception of her. And she doesn't know. Like yeah. <laughs> she has no clue. Um, and I love the characters they've introduced. Uh, I laughed out loud and I don't do that as I mentioned a lot, but, and especially not with anime, but I laughed out loud when I can't remember the girl with the green hair who also is very shy. Mm. But when she said, Oh, you want me to be your dog? (laughs) Some people have a problem with her, but (laughs) I, eh. whatever. She's a fucking weirdo. I love it. I love that his goal, Tadano's goal, was like, I just don't want to make any waves and be able to read the room properly. (laughs) I can read the My special skill is reading the room and not making any waves. Um, And I, and just like how fuck, like that fucked up and like his legit legitimate, like just wanting her to succeed and be like, yeah, he, he thinks she's beautiful but he also is like she is like not in my league and yes he admires her but the moment like when he's he likes doesn't stalk her in a creepy way though that girl's like mom it's a stalker and his, the mom is like yeah a stalker and he's like wait what no um and he's like oh she's grown up so much <laughs> like i just 
you can't help but like cheer them all on and i just yeah i i I as well on (laughs) so i watched it all um i think i think it's wrapped up around christmas time of this year and i remember watching the last episodes um at my parents house um at the holidays and yeah i also was not expecting to every week a new like this was week to week originally and every week a new episode would come out and i was just like well i guess i watch comey can't communicate now i guess this is like one of the shows i watch um <laughs> you little you just want her to do okay and be better and for her to get a hundred friends and <laughs> and like it just it's stupid and i love the style i love that it switches up like i we know how much i like uh, if I want, I want my visual media to be very visual mm. and I really like it. I like the style. I like that they change it up from like these really beautiful shots to like stupid and, you know, with lots of text and it's like, you know, they do a really good job of showing people psyche through the visual medium. Mm. Um, and yeah, I just, it's stupid. I like it. You want to cheer everybody on. No one is like a villain. Yeah. No one's. You know, yeah, he, I, you know, even him getting bullied, I don't usually think that's funny, but even him, like that girl who's like, you're trash. <laughs> um, I just, that whole scene made me laugh. Um, I will yeah. say my favorite character, I don't know if she's shown up yet. She doesn't show up a lot and I only like perked up for her because uh, one of the voice actresses from one of my games like was plugging it and she does the voice is the character who like thinks she's in a comp, who like has declared Comey her rival and just like, is always competing with her and Comey is completely oblivious that this is even happening. Like that this girl is keeping, this girl is like constantly trying to compete with her in like foot races or I'm going to be, I'm going to be better at this. Comey has no idea. And Comey always like inadvertently bests her. So it's like a very one-sided rivalry and she's, you know, a lunatic as well. And it's a very chill hang. I guess we will rate these as like, instead of kick punches or whatever, just a straight like yay or nay. Would you keep rocking with it? Or not, uh, this is obviously a yay. You're three episodes yeah, yeah. deep and still going. So. so, like I said, that one was a cheat because it's already established. Now, moving on to the uh, the hot new new. Or is it hot question mark new new? Um, we will move on next, I guess, to... Oh, it's got a longer title than I expected. Um, again, I just surveyed a bunch of premises and went like, let's just pick ones at random and see if they're worth talking about. I will say out front, I am becoming surprisingly enamored with this show. And that is Heroines Run the Show, which was, uh, it's an anime series based, based on a song by like a Vocaloid group. So it's like, it's an original property, kind of. Um, I don't know how it works because I don't get how VTubers and Vocaloid and all that stuff works because I'm old. Time to use my old man powers. <laughs> but <laughs> that is what it is based on. So the synopsis on this show, again, it's sort of a uh, slice of life-ish show where uh, our protagonist, Hiyori Suzumi, left her hometown to continue pursuing her passion of track and field. Her high school didn't have a track team anymore, or none of the high schools in her area in her town had a track team, and she wanted to compete in nationals. So she gets a connect to go to Tokyo's Sakura Gaoka High School. Um, circumstances require her to find a part-time job. So she ends up becoming an apprentice manager for two of her classmates, Yujiro and Aizu, who are members of the idol group Lip Lip. (laughs) The story follows the struggles that Hiyori faces with school, extracurriculars, and managing her job, as well as the idol group as they perform on stage. 
this show is not exceptional, really. But like I said, I'm oddly charmed by it and watched the third episode before we started recording today. Um, okay. I have to start by saying, so people understand, our television is very expensive. We got it as a Christmas gift two years ago. <laughs> uh-huh. And when... I need to set this up because I need to explain that when I realized there were only three episodes and nearly threw my phone at the television set. Caitlin! I'm like, I, like, was angry. Did you watch the third episode? Yeah. Oh my God. Of course I did. Caitlin, when she tripped her... Oh, okay. So, I lost my fucking mind, Caitlin. The first thing I need to say is I, I watched every show. I, I watched every show like one episode because I was I wanted to make sure I had enough time. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'll go back if I have more time or if I really like something. Um, and so I the, not I did like it, but the only reason I went back to Comey Can't I watched like two episodes. The only reason I went back for a third episode was because this show only had three episodes. <laughs> And I would have watched all of them, and Yo, and I have she to still surprises me after all this time. I was like, I had, even in the setup, I was like, man, why did I bring this show in? This is just some dumb shit I should have kept to myself. So I, I was very confused by the intro of this show because I was like, what is going on? I can there. She's in high school. She likes track. There. They look like an idol group. Is she just, she joined the idol group? Are they in a fantasy world? Like, <laughs> I didn't know. Was this about slash fiction? Like, I did not know what was going on. And the first episode was fine, but I was so angry because they called her, I mean, and also delighted because I call her Potato, potato Face. face. Which you don't, I, I, I had a friend in junior high who called me something that is, was very, it was not very nice, but you realize that when you become friends with things, something like potato face becomes, it seems horrible, but it actually becomes endearing. And that third episode, because in, in the, it was like the second episode, I was like, no, no, you need to become best friends with her and die for her. And being the best friends in the entire world. So okay, to okay, okay, okay. To so, run so, and do do track and field. Set up, set up. Number one, this show is riding on Hiori and her character. She is ostensibly a Genki girl, um, really kind of like not kind of clumsy, nonplussed by everything. Um, shouts to the character designer for giving her those eyebrows. Oh my god, love them. Love her love. eyebrows. She is clearly the subtitles go out of their way to you know depict that she is you know rural, small town, non sophisticated. You know her subtitles always have a lot of an apostrophe on them. She clearly talks in like you know a Hiroshima Ben or Osaka Ben type of dialect, which are not things I pick up on generally. But when I see it subtitled in English like that, that's I've watched enough of this shit to know that's what it means. Um, and the idol group are jerks to each other. <laughs> to her they don't seem to want to be idols or go to school or what like but but they are slowly warming to her because they respect her work ethic and also like they they are just i don't 
I don't know why they hate each other so much, but like even with the when they have the interview with the other boy band, oh and God. like the other boy band leaves, and they're like, "We will destroy them." I was like, "Yes, destroy them." I it was I didn't I never thought I would like them. I never thought I root for them, but I honestly am like, they're such hard workers. <laughs> Look at their dance practice going all night. And that's honestly that's the what this show is doing well and i'm like i like listen idol anime is a genre unto itself so i mean maybe this isn't doing it that well but i don't watch a lot of this stuff and i certainly don't i haven't watched the ones you know i've watched love live and stuff like that but i haven't watched ones about you know male idols before and it's going into like what she she's hired basically one because she doesn't know who they are and she doesn't give a fuck um because she doesn't she doesn't care about idols and that's what makes her appealing to their management to hire her in the first place. And also she goes to their school so she can kind of keep an eye on them there. Um, but when she's like in the third episode, it really, it really hit the cylinders for me on the third episode for a few reasons. Oh yeah. 100%. Um, number one, the whole thing with like the actress who comes in for their music video and it's clearly like super petty and jealous of her and her relationship with them because it explores the relationships between idols and their fans and all the like, awesome and creepy ways that it does that. Like this actress is obviously mm-hmm. on the creepy side where she tries to manipulate things and like, like, you know, Oh, I know about girls like her, you know, blah, blah, blah. She's just, she, she just probably applied to get close to you guys, blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, she doesn't care. She just wants to do a good job and run. That's like literally what she wants. And when she, there's the scene. So the subplot is like, you know, she's failing. And if she fails again, she won't be able to stay on the track team. Yeah. So she's trying and that's to... the only reason she's even here. It's the only reason she took the job. Yeah. And her dad very really hurt his back. So he can't fish. <laughs> he can't fish. That's why she has to get the job because they can't they can uh pay her living expenses. Oh. Or like it'd be tight to pay their it'd be it'd be a struggle on her family to pay her living expenses. Because that's the thing that happens a lot where like, you know, the kids go off to wherever and the family just pays for everything. And like you'd be in your twenties and, and still and having sorry. a family allowance, like I know this is like you're trying to get something out, but like <laughs> the fact that she she's not even they ask her like, oh, were you recruited? She's like, oh, no, no, no. Like, I really just wanted to run. And I'm, you know, someone invited me to like come to this school. They'd make it sort of happen. A family friend. And and that's why it wasn't like she's the best in the world and competing like on an international level, she's just, this is something she really enjoys. She wants to do this. She has a passion for it and she wants to be great, but it's not like she doesn't have superpowers. And I just, I like that. I like that. And her goal is so down to earth. It's not like I want to be the best chef in the entire world. No, no offense, food wars, but (laughs) two shouts about, uh, two shouts about remaining shouts about this episode specifically one, as she's telling that story and it's like, you know, why, why do you, you know, they're asking her, like, why do you, why, what is it about running for you? Like, blah, blah, blah. And she explains that, like, you know, when I run, my all, for my, all my friends and family will come out and support me and they get super excited if I won first place. And, you know, I just love the Latin. And she's like, you guys must know what that's like. I mean, I sort your fan mail. Like, you've got all these people who, like, are supporting you and rooting for you. And as I said about perfume from the jump, like... If you have a fandom like that, that's what it's about. It's it's mm-hmm. weirdly about you just want to see them do well <laughs> yeah, and succeed. And when they do, you feel, you know, 
you feel validated in your support of them, I guess. It's weird. It's, ha- it's, it's weird like that. This is what having a sports yeah, team. It's having this a sports is what it team. Is. Um, so shouts, shouts to this episode overall. And also the supporting cast is awesome as well. Like, yeah. Yeah, I want I want that, that second year to get with that other second year. They're that, obviously need for each her, other. Her senpai when she's like, you know, timing her or whatever. It's like, oh, you beat your personal best, and she's like, that's awesome. And her, you know, Hiori runs off, and suddenly you hear like, I'm about to be surpassed. <laughs> uh oh, I'm about to be surpassed by my first year. She turns around, she's like, stop narrating me. <laughs> I'm, like, yes. I'm like, that's genius. I love those two. I love the two friends she makes in her class. The one who's like, yes. I have an older boyfriend. He's going to help me. What? Um, it should also be said, from what I know about, you know, the caliber of voice actors now, because I spent the pandemic watching uh, voice actor YouTubes. <laughs> I know that, like, Inori Minase and Ayani Sakura and Sari Hayami, like, a lot of the voice cast here is top shelf as well, which I think, Inori Minase specifically, as Hiori is just crushing it. And yeah, I w- apparently we were both very surprised by how enamored we are with this show. So I, I very much like when it started in that first episode, I was like, uh, like I guess. And then <laughs> I would, Oh, third episode ended. I was like, okay, time for the next episode. And I was like, are you I, fucking serious? Fucking, ha- fucking happened to me too. Cause I mean, uh, shots at the shots at shot shouts to shots at the Crunchyroll app for not, like segmenting all of the like language options really mm-hmm. it's just a huge stream of episodes so when you think the fourth one is out but it's not the fourth one it's the english dub of the first episode and you're like you sons of bitches also the last the intro is fine but the ending song is a bop <laughs> it's, a good, it's a good ending song all right so that's a yay from jordan and kate for heroines run the show moving on bit of a bit of light trash just light trash it's definitely the most fan servicey show uh we have going on here but the premise was too too uh too tempting too tantalizing for me <laughs> to resist at least checking it out that was love after world domination uh was based on a manga series by hiroshi noda and illustrated by takahiro wakamatsu it has been running since october 2019 and the anime debuted this season so, the plot is, in order to combat the villainous secret society Gecko, who have burnt half of the world and are planning to burn the rest, <laughs> the hero group Freezing Sentai Gelato 5 is formed, consisting of Red Gelato, blah, 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 who cares about their names. Um, it is Strawberry, thank you very much. However, things change when Gecko recruits a new member, the Reaper Princess, Desumi Magahara. Not only is Desumi a formidable fighter, but she and Fudo also happen to fall in love with each other despite being mortal enemies. Even though neither of them have any experience in romance, they begin dating in secret, trying to hide their relationship from their respective organizations. This is if the Red Ranger fell in love with Rita Repulsa and they tried to maintain a relationship while while simultaneously battling each other. Um, This show is dumb. (laughs) It is so dumb. But like I said, the... The premise was too tantalizing for me to resist. Caitlin, how did this one go over? It went over really well. I was, I was, because of the scene you open on, which is them kind of having, not a picnic, but like hanging out in like some orchard. <laughs> um, you're like, you don't really understand what's going on. And then. <laughs> Doesn't somebody crash then, through one of his, one of his teammates like crashes through or something? 
Yeah, they like he like pops up and then they have to like pretend they're fighting. Um and then you sort of you understand what's going on and I want to okay, I don't know that I'll continue with this, but it doesn't mean I didn't find this show fucking amazing. Like everything from their stupid like when we say gelato, we mean like the frozen dessert. Like every <laughs> from the like premise it's like the Power Rangers, right? But it's like yeah. strawberry soda flavor like it's just it was that was so dumb and like the fact that the main guy falls in love with her and and they just they they have this problem like they can fight each other but like holding hands was like a really big deal <laughs> um all of that was just stupid and i loved it um but i think i think one episode's kind of enough like it's a great premise <laughs> and i'm sure it's funny um i didn't love the ma- like the animation style the whole time it um, it, look, it, look, it looks kind of a cheap show Oh. Yeah, but I think that like I thought the voice acting was great. I thought it was funny. It is very fan servicey, but that kind of adds to the like ridiculousness of it. Um, yeah, and at like the so the so the teammate pops up. They pretend to fight each other, and then they talk about holding hands, and then another teammate um, pops up, and then they end up like doing like a, a fighting grip in between their hands and then mm. she leaves and they're like oh, we're holding hands we managed to do it it's just like so dumb um but i could see someone really enjoying it as like a good time um but i don't know that i'll stick with it so i, I watched the uh I, I did watch the second episode um as well which i think you're right i think this is i don't know how this premise gets supported compellingly for you know 12 to 15 episodes um yeah. Unless they really start. I mean, there are characters in the opening that we haven't seen yet. So maybe, you know, things expand a little more. I'm sure it ends with her, you know, leaving the <laughs> criminal organization that she's involved with. We don't really know why she's involved with them. Um, the second episode, they try to go on, like, a date as civilians. Obviously, they neither of them know how to do that. He takes her to the gym. She's in a beautiful dress. They're doing, like, deadlifts. <laughs> in the gym he doesn't have dinner for you know dinner or like the energy bars he's got in his backpack like um and definitely there's a scene where like they fake that she's been defeated so she's just lying there and then some interview because an interviewer has shown up and she's like she's like you have anything to say to all your female fans do you have a are you dating anyone and she's just like stewing while she's lying faking unconsciousness behind him again dumb and like you're like one episode was probably enough. I'm like two episodes was probably enough. But if I'm like at the same time, I can acknowledge that if I'm like burning through all these shows, cause y'all I'm here to tell you like four out of the five, I'm probably going to keep rocking with. If I watch all of them and there's a dead spot in the week, maybe, maybe, you know, maybe, but definitely for me anyway, this is the weakest uh, of the five that we checked out. And I don't, I think I agree with Kate that the, animation and the coloring looks you know kind of cheap that's rude to say but i mean y'all work with the budgets you've got i don't know that the budget was i don't know that the money bag was really opened up for uh for this show per se but and this and this may have been one of those things where like it was made to drive interest in the manga yeah, right yeah maybe um i'm looking at the cover of the first manga and that illustration of her looks better than <laughs> she looks in the show by right. a country mile so 
that's uh that's a nay for Caitlin and a if nothing else is on <laughs> for me. Uh fourth on the list. You know, you know we love a story about somebody trying to be the best, especially when it's not martial arts. Which brings us to Dance Dance Danseur. <laughs> A Japanese, uh, this is based on a Japanese manga written and illustrated by George Asakura. <laughs> it is a pen name. Her name is not George. Um, it's been serialized since 2015. So it's been around for a while. Uh, this is an anime from Studio Mappa, who has done a number of things that we've enjoyed in the past. Possibly also did Yuri on Ice. I can't recall. But um, if it didn't, there are certain... Uh, analogs there as well, perhaps. Uh, brief synopsis. Junpei Morao used to not like ballet, but after seeing a man perform it, he suddenly finds himself fascinated by the art. Um, his father dies in a tragic accident, and Junpei gives up ballet to be more to pursue the more masculine art of Jeet Kune Do. However, one day a new transfer student named Miyako Godai arrives, who brings about his love for ballet once again. This is about a boy who's fascinated by ballet, a, a boy's boy, shall we say, um, who is trying to suss out um, notions of masculinity and what is appropriate for him as a male-identifying uh, young man and, you know, reconciling that with his love for what is not considered by his peers to be a uh, masculine pursuit. I really love this show, <laughs> even though it has a very, the art style won't be for everybody. It's very much, uh, in a like quote unquote girls comics, uh, art style, um, which they are faithful to in the show, which may not be for everyone, but, um, I just watched the third episode. <laughs> I delayed recording today so I could watch the third episode of this and the last show we'll talk about. Um, and Again, I, li I, I like the characters. I like his journey. He's not completely free of dickishness. Um, but he is trying, and I like how the show captures his um, fascination. His struggle to do what is would be considered, uh, you know, appropriate societally, and, but none of those things, you know, make the fizz bubbles happen in his brain like ballet does. Um, so I was just had, had big time, you know, any of these shows about somebody trying to enter a new thing and be the best. Uh, we will recall, I was super hyped for a show called welcome to the ballroom, which was going to, which was this version, but with ballroom dancing from a few seasons back and was not good. That show let me down <laughs> a whole lot. Uh, three episodes in this show was not doing that. Um, but Caitlin, how did you think about your foray into the world of high school ballet training? For me, this is this one was the weakest, actually. Really? Yeah, I hated the animation style, mm. um, and that's that's fine. That's that's not for me. That's all. That's all fine. I just could not get past it. Um, I felt like everything was like watercolory, and the lips were too big, and I did not like it. Um, I also like I I love the premise, and I love that they talked about how you know. Just because you're doing ballet does not mean 
you're not a hot blooded straight <laughs> man. Like, you know, it, there are lots of, of people, different people from different walks of life get interested in things. It does not mean that they are, you know, a sissy or anything. And I think that's a really important conversation to still have, even after all these years. Um, and I was, I, I do like that, like you described, you know, he likes certain things, but they just don't give him the same feeling as dancing. Um, but I don't know if it's because I know too much about ballet, <laughs> but I just am like, I just don't think anyone would be like, if he was practicing in secret and just needed like needed to really up his practicing and his, you know, training to get to a level, I I would be like, okay, that's understandable. But like he really hasn't, he's been doing this martial arts, but he really hasn't been dancing um, uh, throughout his like, I don't know what to call them, in between. She, I mean, they mentioned that you really need to start dancing by 10 right. and he's 14 then, 13, 14 when he starts with them um also i didn't like him like he was just an asshole <laughs> like they're giving him free lessons and he's being an a complete asshole about it and i know he's trying to like fight the, what the box society wants to put him in and and his own ideas about masculinity and i know all of that but he just he's not very nice and also his the mom the the girl's mom who's teaching him she's also like a bitch she is a bitch <laughs> but, he, but no one would call he keeps on calling her crazy bitch i'm like yeah I, I wouldn't train that kid so i just had some problems with it that way but really it was the animation style that i couldn't really get past oh and he yelled a lot <laughs> a lot of yelling we know how caitlin feels about yelling i was like i was like who are you bakugo like I, <laughs> it's not yelling it's ballet um yeah, so it was it was fine, and like you said, I thought it was an interesting story, um, but I just yeah wasn't as drawn to it. So that's a yay for me and a nay for Kate for Das Das Dasur. I will keep up with it, and if, I, if it does anything exceptional throughout the season, I will let y'all know in a future episode. Closing us out today, we had to talk about it. The show was probably the reason I even got the idea to try this. This is Spy Family, printed Spy X Family, but it's pronounced Spy Family. I know that officially now. Um, this is based on a manga written and illustrated by Tatsuya Endo, which debuted in 2019 and follows a spy who has to build a family to execute a mission, not realizing that the girl he adopts as a daughter and the woman he agrees to be in a marriage with are both a esper and an assassin. This is a ridiculously popular manga. It sells exceptionally well at major Canadian retailer. We are constantly selling out and re-upping of it, all volumes. Um, Polygon included it as on a list of the best comics in 2019. It, it was the ninth best-selling manga in 2020 with over 4.5 million copies sold and was the eighth best in 2021 with over 4.9 million copies sold in Japan. This is very popular, and this anime... Adaptation has been very highly anticipated. Um, although I will say, I like it quite a lot. Probably more enamored with heroines on the show, <laughs> but 
A little more detailed breakdown. Uh, in order to maintain the state of peace between the rival nations of Westalis and Ostania, a Westalis agent, agent codenamed Twilight is tasked with spying on Donovan Desmond, the leader of an extremist political party within Ostania. However, due to Desmond being notoriously reclusive, the only way Twilight can get close to him is to enroll a child in the same private school as Desmond's son and pose as their father. To accomplish this, he creates the alias of Lloyd Forger, adopts a young orphan girl named Anya, and marries a woman named Yor Briar to create the image of a happy family. However, Yor is in fact a professional assassin and also my waifu. Congratulations. We have one this season, y'all. Oh. <laughs> Um, with neither her nor Lloyd being aware of each other's true identities. Both of them are also unaware that Anya can read minds and knows their true professions. Despite these unknown factors, Lloyd must learn to play the role of a perfect father and husband in order to carry out his mission. It is a very sweet show. It, it, Anya is the MVP. <laughs> she is the cause of the biggest laughs. Um, if you just watched the first episode, you wouldn't have even met your yet, but it's a very, very good show. It's got serious money behind it. This is a co-production of Cloverworks and Wit Studio. You've got official Hige Dandism and Hoshinogen doing the theme songs. Like, this is the money show. But I don't know currently if it's like smacking dingers out of the park. It's kind of, I've watched all three episodes available. I watched the third one this morning and it's, kind of slow <laughs> kind of anyway i talked about it when it first came out um kate you have now seen the first episode how do you feel about what is setting up to be one of the breakouts of this season kind of the same actually like i enjoyed it and she is adorable and funny <laughs> And, like, her, like, hiding behind things and, and him finding her as he's trying to, like, leave the house. Really, yeah, funny. Um, uh, the thing, I think we talked about it or you mentioned it. I don't know if it was on or off microphone about the peanut thing. That was on mic. Yeah, um, yeah that just being, being like, I'm going to need to know what she likes. I like peanuts. And I don't like this thing. Um, yeah, her... Yeah, she's she is adorable, but I'm not as drawn to it. Definitely not as drawn to it as Runner Girl helps idols and they all become best friends. Wow! <laughs> not even close. We're such weirdos. We're oh such my weirdos. god! Um, um, yeah, but and yeah, I I who knows? Maybe I if like you said, if I don't have anything to watch and. I'm going through things and I'm like, Hey, maybe I'll check out, maybe I check it out again. But, um, I didn't dislike anything about it. Um, uh, I just was like, yeah, it's fine. It, it really um, feels right now, three episodes in, um, and like, I'm, I'm going to give it time. Like there's gotta be a reason why this, everything I've watched that's based on something super popular. It's like, I get it. You know, I don't watch my hero yeah. academia anymore, but I watched enough of it to go. I get it. I watched enough demon slayer to go. I get it. Like, when something breaks out like this, I can understand it. Three episodes in, mm -hmm. we're still setting up. Second episode, yeah. you have to introduce the mom. Third episode is really them like trying to get set up so when they go to the you know entrance interview, the admissions interview, that they can pass that while presenting as like a upper class, you know, refined 
<laughs> type of family <laughs> when they're doing the market. The third episode was actually got a few LOLs out of me because, again, it's all Anya. When he's like, you know, what do you do on your days off? <laughs> it's like, Papa says I can't leave the house, so I have to hide. <laughs> and I watch television <laughs> all day by myself. It's like, oh my god, no, you cannot say that. So after this day they have where hijinks ensue, they try it again later, and it's like, what do you do on your days off? We go to the movie, we, you know, we go to the tailor, and to the opera, and to restaurants. He's like, yes, that is what you say. Um, and when she's like, so the mom has just moved in, there's a reason why she agrees to this, it's mutually beneficial for everybody. Um, and Anya is showing her, like, she comments, like, everything is so clean, and she's like, Anya helped! And then it shows, like... <laughs> Her, like, stepping in a bucket and, like, falling over and spilling water everywhere. And he's just like, you literally just, like, collapsed into a bucket of water and spilled it and, like, made everything harder. (laughs) Every time she says she helped, she absolutely did not help at all. And that's very... I mean, it's it's very... It's like, like, these cookies are delicious. This is my first time baking. Anya helped. It's like, you sneezed in a bowl of flour and got it everywhere. Like, that's... (laughs) Um... Yes, that she is the heart of the show, and I have to believe that when the actual spying <laughs> starts, yeah, we're doing the family right now. When the spying starts, and we get Mr. and Mrs. Smith with it, probably in another three or four episodes, mm-hmm. that'll probably really like pick up, and the rubber will hit the road. But are we in flagrant violation of the Final Fantasy Thirteen rule at that point? Like, right. You can't say to me, it gets really good by episode seven. That's four hours of my life you've asked me to put into this. Where, like we said, it's not bad. But I want to watch Runner Girl. Yeah. <laughs> Teach those idols how to, uh, you know, the power of friendship. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The fifth element is love. The, okay? fifth, the fifth element is love. Oh, my God. We are such weirdos. It's a yay for me, but currently I feel like the yay of Spy Family is just to be a part of the disco. I do not have a... I'm not going to bat for this show. I'm not like, yes, you need to watch this show. It's amazing. It's very well done. There's money behind it. Um, There's enough laughs with all characters, but it's not... Yeah, there are other things I'm like... I will be like Googling when do the new episodes of Heroines Run the Show Drop... And just kind of absentmindedly checking for Spy Family <laughs> it, is not a it's not appointment viewing for me, which is surprising. It may turn into, but currently, currently it's not. So, yeah. And for me, it's like a yeah, uh, it's a possibility that I'll check it out. Because but... and that's surprising to me, y'all. Because I honestly thought we would come out of this conversation with Spy Family being the hit, and it'd be like, okay, in two weeks we'll do a full episode, you know, devoted to the to the first three, where it's like. No, nah, I don't think we need to talk about it again. Like I said, unless it really amps up when the spying mm-hmm. starts, maybe it may be worth a revisit, revisit, but currently, yeah, it's all about uh, high schoolers learning the power of friendship around here. Yeah, that's, that's this is what we want, okay, people? <laughs> this is what we want. That's the future liberals want. Friends, to my surprise, we are coming out of this episode with the heartiest recommendation for heroines run the show, so... Yeah. Check that out. If you've seen any of this sh- these shows, if you think we are batshit crazy, if you think we missed anything that we need to uh, go back to, hit us up. Twitter.com slash GeekDownPod. Hit up off Twitter. Let us know. Kate, was this a fun experiment? This was a great experiment. I loved it. All right. Maybe, yeah. we'll, maybe we'll repeat it. Maybe not every season. Maybe maybe every season. I don't know. It'll be a while till, till summer hits, but Chainsaw Man's going to be coming soon. 
Oh, well, I mean, I think that just clinches it right there. <laughs> got, got, got to get in when Chainsaw Man drops. Um, friends, we hope you enjoyed it. Like I said, hit us on the tweets. Let us know if we missed anything or if you uh, vehemently agree or disagree with any of our takes. Otherwise, I think that's just about going to do it. Friends, thank you so much for spending an hour and change with us every week. It truly means the world to us. Pigeon Man came out two more times while we were having our anime conversation. My name is Jordan Ferguson. My name is Caitlin McKinnon. The theme song is by Rob Gasser. I hope everyone's keeping count at home because that's like five times in total. And uh, join us next week for another countdown of Pigeon Man. While they were a lot of these tax breaks and tax status that they had, <laughs> are you building a bookcase again? <laughs> no, I I was picking up a, a Funko Pop, <laughs> and the thing the platform dropped off. Very very on brand. Um. <laughs>